Lesson number six in our Sabbath School series is the Royal Love Song, all about intimacy in marriage. Stay tuned. I'm Paul. This is my lovely wife, Carolyn. <laughs> wife is going to be all important in this presentation. We're mm -hmm. from the home place. We're glad that you tuned in. Intimacy in marriage. It's a, it's a good topic. Hot topic. Um, <laughs> marriage is a very sacred friendship when you think about it. Um, the, there's no other friendship like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can have close friends and we maybe share some of our heart with them. But you can't, you can't share yourself in any other friendship like you can in marriage. Or put it this way, you should not. You should not. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and because marital intimacy is a real gift from God. Right. It's like a, a present that God gives us. Yeah, something very special. Very. Uh, we're going to talk about later on how that should be reserved until you are married. Um, well, the Bible, the Bible doesn't forbid marital intimacy. It oh, just no. has a time and a place. Yes, that that correct, should be. correct. Now, this this week's lesson is based on the book, the Song of Solomon. But that's not an easy book for us to just pick a verse here, just in a you know 15, 20 minute program. So we're not going to uh, refer to Song of Solomon a huge amount. We're taking the principles mm -hmm. that it was trying to put forward. Uh, we do we do have uh, a few scriptures for us, but. Um, it seems so oftentimes that intimacy in marriage just doesn't happen. It's just, it's the world is trying to pervert it into something that it never was. And I think that what happens is we get so busy in our everyday lives with, you know, paying the bills and taking the children to school <laughs> and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, you know, intimate you gotta be kidding me i'm exhausted you know so i think the devil's plan is to bury our marriage under a bunch of other stuff mm -hmm. that's good and in of itself you know there's nothing wrong with trying to make a living or looking after the children but if if that takes away or if that eclipses what god intended for this very very special friendship relationship then those things have to be put in their place right um Sunday was talking about um, the physical side of intimacy. Well, I was just thinking that, you know, when God was done with creation and mm -hmm. he was finished up with creating man, he stood back and said it was very good. And I think that meant he designed us to be attractive. Right. To be attractive to each other. And he had a plan that he didn't just make us look awful so that none of us ever wanted to see each other. That's right. There yeah. was there was a reason why he did what he, he did. He made the lady's body appealing right. to a man. Right. Um, I know that. <laughs> and presumably a man's body mm -hmm. is appealing to a mm -hmm. girl. But it seems that men are a lot more visual mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. um, I think men always have been. Right, right. Um, so... And now, of course, here we are 6,000 years later and we're doing our best, girls, right? <laughs> but we're not quite as we were back then. No, no, we're not Adams and Eves anymore. No. <laughs> but that does bring up a point right. that if the intimacy in marriage is to involve each other's bodies, then doesn't that put an onus on us to do our best 
to look after right. our bodies. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're told that our bodies are the temple of God because God wants to dwell there. But also it is very important, I think, to each other that we do our best. Now, that might mean that if you're young, everything is proportioned nicely. But when you get a little older, you can't but help that, you know, something... <laughs> it doesn't all work out that way. No, something <laughs> sag and stick out. And it's just... It's just <laughs> I wasn't going to go specific. <laughs> but we all know it. I mean, right. ju just being real. So physical side of marriage is very important. Um, and I think from a lot of the guys that I've spoken to, uh, and some of the men's groups that we've had, oftentimes the, the topic will come up is, why won't my wife do anything? And they're not talking about, you know, cleaning the car or doing the dishes or whatever. They're talking about, intimacy. you know, intimacy. And I think a lot of guys, um, we don't necessarily, this isn't right, but we don't necessarily need too much of the emotional and the mental to be to be you know sexually um, excited, but the it seems from your talking to girls that a lot of the uh, sexuality comes from the emotional and the mental connection mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's a really important thing for guys to understand. Just as girls need to understand that most guys can you know jump to it at the drop of a hat, most girls can't do that. Right. That's just the way we're wired, and the way you guys are wired is a little different. I, I heard one brother say that guys are a little bit like a microwave. You press a button and it's on, and you know the heat is there right away. But girls are a little bit more like a wood stove. You know, you have to feed it wood, you have to get the kindling going and, you know, after an hour or two, it's kicking out some heat. And, you know, and well, it, well, I, well, I described it as guys are ever ready and girls are never ready. Well, but the, let, let's delve into that a bit. I think what happens, at least from from our experience, what happens is when the mental and the emotional intimacy is not there, the, the girl can't jump straight into mm -hmm. the physical. The guy can. Mm -hmm. But it, so it, 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 it devolves on us as guys to make sure we don't try and separate out this beautiful friendship that we have into it's just physical. Because it can't be just mm -hmm. physical. It has to be mental and emotional and spiritual and a bunch of other things mm -hmm. for the physical intimacy to be at its best. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I was just going to go back to talking about how God made us and um, you mentioned about um, that you know as we get older we kind of have to keep ourselves up a little more and I think it's really important that we in our marriages talk about the things that we appreciate. So I know, for example, that I wear my hair the way I do because my hubby likes me to wear my hair this way. And I like to do it too, but I right. primarily, it was for him. And I know and my, that- my, my gray highlights are just for you. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> and you know, we have often gone through the closet, particularly my closet, and he will go through and say, I really don't like that but that I really like and for me I want to wear what I know he likes what I know he finds attractive that's not right. that doesn't mean that I dress to attract all the other guys out there I dress to attract one guy but right. I do dress to attract that one guy and I think there's not, not just to stay warm 
Right, and there's a balance to be had because and we want to be sensitive here that we don't unnecessarily upset anyone, right. but if your husband is not attracted to you wearing everything down to the ankle and down to the wrist and up to the neck, you may have to rethink what your closet looks like. Well, let, let me just speak very openly <laughs> that if, if the wife is dressed so modestly, like you say, mm. the, o over the top, in right down here and right up here and, you know, the skirt dragging on the floor or whatever. Okay, that's very modest. Mm -hmm. It's not going to attract any guy's attention. But the problem is it might not even be attracting the right. husband. Right. But then there are people out there that wear it down here and off the shoulder and you know and real we're not short. talking about we ought to dress that way well that, that's in church so I'm, I'm not saying you should dress that way but i'm just saying if the modesty is taken to an extreme mm -hmm. whilst the other temptations are there it's unnecessarily difficult on a guy well I, i'm because, just being open because he looks at his wife and she looks more like his mother or his mother-in-law, which is not necessarily what is going to be attract attractive. And then if we're not careful, we, and it's not that we, we aren't going to carry the sins of our husbands. They have to be put the watch over their eyes as we talked about last week. Right. But we can make it difficult on them if when they look at us, it doesn't spark one ounce of Well, and, and, the, and the other way that, you know, again, just being open, the other way that can put a guy under temptation is if the wife isn't interested in any intimacy mm -hmm. and it's just like it's shut down for a week, a month, you know, two months. The guy is still, you know, possibly still... Well, we're going still... to go on to a Bible verse, but we're not there yet. Yeah, the, the guy is still <laughs> revved up and if his wife is shut down, it, it's there's a temptation there that needn't be there. So, right, yeah, we were right. going to go on to um, Tuesday, I think. Oh, no, Monday was... I'm on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Love in marriage uh, in terms of um, for the physical intimacy to be in place, there has to be this super good friendship, like mm -hmm. we were saying. Mm -hmm. And that friendship has got to be... Um, has that's got to... where it starts, at a friendship. Yeah, that's right. That and friendship... it blossoms into this... Physical intimacy, yeah. yeah. And I, I think if we try to add the physical intimacy and the friendship isn't there... Mm -hmm then that's very damaging. I'm, I'm sure that they could do well, studies on that. And that's find really what what society is into. Yeah. You just bump into each other and think, oh, there's some chemistry, bam, and off you go. Right. But you don't even know the person, you don't know anything about the person, and it's just cheapened intimate love yeah. into something that is just And it's cheap. never fulfilling. No. So then no. it's another person and another person. Right. It's, not, it's not the multitude of people, it's the depth that you go with that one person right. that will give the satisfaction. Right. And that friendship has to be built on unselfishness. You know, any friendship right. has to be built on unselfishness. But in the marriage, if I am serving you unselfishly, mm -hmm. even with my body, and you the same, but in every aspect of unselfishness, that draws us together. Right. And it makes the intimacy so much more. Right. And, um, and, and if we have a beautiful friendship in marriage and we're close in every way, but there is no intimacy, this is not what marriage was about right that that intimacy is a vital part of marriage it's if, if you don't have that in your marriage your marriage becomes dry yeah well you know you and have lifeless you have friends girlfriends and you're very close mm -hmm. and you you're spiritually close mm -hmm. and maybe emotionally and mentally mm -hmm. close 
but obviously there's no physical mm -hmm. there. So obviously the physical is is kind of like, um, I was going to say it's the icing on the cake, but it's part of the cake as mm -hmm. well. You can't separate it. Um, so just as selfishness would damage any friendship, selfishness is really going to hurt this friendship. Right, um, right. So let's move on. Just that for does the, take us to Monday. Yeah, uh, no, that was Monday. We're moving on to Tuesday, Tuesday now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have just to, just to say, you know, I like I like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it helps me. It helps you. But to this week, very difficult to do. Yeah, the we're kind of squashing it subject all Subject kind of. <laughs> Yeah, is mixed in. But on Tuesdays, um, there's a verse there that was in the study. Yeah, you wanted to read it for I us? I did, yeah. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 3 through 5. I've just got three on the okay, screen. Okay, I'll read three, and then I'll, but I want to just yeah. carry on with it. Um, it says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So that's quite powerful. That is saying, when you signed up for the I do <laughs> at the altar, you signed up for my body is yours. Wow. Your body is mine. And I'm not to say, no, no, I think, you know, once this week was enough and sorry, right. not for you. And you're not to say, every five minutes, I'm on, right. your, I'm on your case. That, it's that not is like a, that. That is a huge amount of trust. It's a huge that amount. That you put into each right. other. It's, it's hugely vulnerable. Yes. Which is, which is, but isn't being becoming one physically. Right super right. vulnerable as well right and then this vulnerability is so so typically because it's often this way it doesn't it isn't always i mean we women have all kinds of hormones going on that thankfully you guys don't and as a result of that it changes things but but in what this is saying it's saying that you have needs and you're vulnerable coming to me with those needs right and i have needs and i need to be vulnerable and come to you with those needs. Yes. And between us, we find a balance that balances male, female, personalities, and whatever needs are happening at it, the time. It's total unselfishness because, mm -hmm. okay, so your body is mine, but you're also Christ's, and I love you unselfishly. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just going to feed my own animal passions mm -hmm. and just pound on you, that wouldn't be love. Mm -hmm. um, and the same the other way around. So we have to be super careful, guys, that we don't use our wives for our own unsanctified desires. It has to be, we have to come together in, in mutuality, right. in, in a, this is us, not just me and you. Right. And I know we have been in marriage seminars and marriage, you know, small groups, breakouts, all kinds of stuff. And often this animal passions phrase comes up and sometimes it can come up with a kind of loaded emphasis. You know, if your husband is interested in intimacy, you know, three times a week, then he's an animal and we're feeding animal passions. And for some people once a week, for some people once a month, that's still viewed as animal passions. But I think if we just take the word animal and think about that for a minute. So think about when animals go on heat, 
how desperate they are right. to get to the opposite gender right. and do what they do multiple times and in a frenzied fashion for that season and then it's done. That is not what we're talking about. And if we do that in marriage, it's very debilitating and that's not love, right. that's abusive in a way. Yes. But I think the normal, you know, once or twice a week, three times a week, whatever, that we want to be involved in intimacy but that, does not come under animal passion. Yeah, but you can't even put a number on it because if the wife is sick, Mm -hmm. You know, once a week's probably too much. Mm -hmm. um, or when you're older, I mean, when you're newly married, I mean, so you can't give a number. No. Uh, no. I know some people have said once a week. Um, no, the but the you, thing about the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy is that it's very clear that that's not very clear. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not there. A lot of these very specific nitty gritties are not there. And there's very good reason because the seasons of life are very different for each yes. couple. Yeah. Um, Wednesday was talking about staying sexually inactive until marriage. Uh, and actually, this was a verse that I found in Song of Solomon that we could just take this one verse. Even then, it, it takes a little bit of the context to get it. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up, a fountain sealed. This was a lady on her wedding night that, her, who had stayed herself. a virgin all the way through. Mm -hmm. And that obviously is God's ideal for mm -hmm. us. Doesn't always happen uh, in this crazy world that we're in. It seems that very few actually get to the altar with, mm -hmm. with that. So what happens if you, know, you, you had well, a fling can, at can some I, point? I want to answer that, but before that, I just want to say that you realize how very important it is the decision that you make to pick who you pick yeah. as your spouse because you pick the wrong person and it can cause all kinds of havoc it's, it's a big deal so we're going to be this intimate emotionally right. and physically and spiritually right. and uh, my body is yours yeah, so i want gonna to make sure i pick the right kind of yours <laughs> and we're going to do that for our whole life there's no exit Until death you know it's part. throw away the key it's this is it right you gotta be you, that's why you know we're counseled to pray three times a day if you're thinking about getting married <laughs> you know because it's super important i mean it's gonna and then so what you're leading up to saying so what if what if we have been one of those people that didn't get to the altar in that state of purity right. so then what well do you have it? Yes. First John? Yes. First John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. We can take any sin to him. He already knows it anyhow, but he wants us to come to him with it. We can take any of it to him, confess it, and he is faithful and just to forgive. And then we move on. Forgive and I like their cleanse. Right. Right. The, the damage that was done, because surely there is a blessing in, in staying pure right. all the way. I mean, but I, which is why the devil wants, he's trying on every avenue and angle he can to break that down because yes. he knows the blessing that's there. Yeah. But if you find yourself and you can reflect back and you realize choices that you made, it isn't a hopeless situation. Right, right. We can move on right here and now. If you haven't confessed, and here's I, your opportunity to go forward and confess. I, I've had brothers come to me. This wasn't even on our notes. Mm -hmm. It just came to my mind. I've had brothers come to me who practice self-abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, we're trying to use terms here that mean something to 
older people and maybe lost on the younger ones. Mm -hmm. um, and if that self-abuse is continued even before marriage, then I know brothers have come to me and said, it wrecks your marriage. I mean, right. it's, it's hard work. The intimacy is not the same. Right. So we right. do have to, it's, it's not a case of doing without, it's just a case of waiting to the right time. Right. Um, and, and, then, then it's, and then it's just beautiful. Right. And then, you know, just, just to finish off that subject. So again, along the same lines, Jesus, when he was talking to Mary, he didn't condemn her. And he doesn't condemn you and I. Right. He just says, go and sin no more. Yeah. Yeah. What a God. I know. What a God. Incredible. Uh, just, we're, we are out of time already, wifey. So just Thursday, real quickly, it talked there about the unnatural affections. Right. Um, right. And the Bible, if you go to Romans chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks a lot there. Uh, about the unnatural use of the body. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're living in you know, a world now where the forbidden, what scripture forbids is becoming accepted. And it's not gonna bring the happiness like no. the, the beauty of male and female as God intended it to be. Right, um, yeah, and there's a lot there that talks about it in the Bible, about yeah, what is um, not, what is not. Right. Unfortunately, we ran out of time, mm -hmm. but I think we had a good discussion mm -hmm. about how just in summary that you can't separate mental and emotional and spiritual and physical intimacy. Right. Those things all come together to make a healthy, thriving marriage. Yes. Um, next week, we have keys to family unity. And this is, uh, you know, when you think about a family, You've got young ones and then the young ones are old ones and they're, they're having grandchildren. And it's just there's so many changes going mm -hmm, on, even mm -hmm. in us. You know, mm -hmm. we start off in our 20s. And so there's a lot of changes. How do you maintain unity in a family all the way through all those changes? That's what we're going to look at next week. So this was Paul and Carolyn from The Home Place. We pray you are blessed by today's program. Join us next time. Bye bye.